love and grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. This episode, we celebrate the significance of hospitality as we dive into how it can change a neighborhood and nurture a culture. Coming up, our guests Marcy and Val have transformed Midtown Village through their Safran Turney hospitality. And Antonio Johnson showcases the importance of the barbershop to the community through his new book, You Next. All right, you guys, it is time for our lightning round of Philly Faves. And this week's topic is, Justin, you say it because I can't articulate it like you. Fall activities. Oh, yeah. Autumn activities. (laughs) It was only two words. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to go first, though, because this is my favorite season. And my favorite place to go is Linvilla Orchards. It's just like classic, hashtag basic. They have pumpkins that you can throw at things. They have apples you can pick. It's just feels like fall to me. What you got, Rachel? I love a great winery, so I'm going to say the wine trails in Bucks County. Oh, of course. That sounds amazing. Meanwhile, I'm like, um, I just want to be scared, and that would be Eastern State Penitentiary, because I don't know about y'all, but for Philly, most Philly folks, Halloween means we're going down by the art museum and getting scared out of our pants. Well, Rona's making it tough to scare this year. That's right. But they still are offering night tours, so that's great. You can still tour Eastern State Penitentiary. Which is scary enough. That's true. (laughs) I'll take that. All right, cool. That's a nice compromise. Philadelphia has been one of the lead trendsetters in the haircut and beard game for decades. Philly's own Antonio Johnson decided to take his emerging passion of photography to capture the significance of the barbershops as sites for the cultivation of black male identity and wellness. In his debut book, You Next. Here, he explores shops around the country, internationally, and he even has the rare opportunity of shooting in a prison barbershop. So we gotta talk. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Welcome. Antonio is my most successful intern that I've ever had. Oh, I love and, that. And the fact that he has surpassed anything that I've ever done and become a published photographer just makes me all kinds of excited. And he's appearing on Fox 29 and doing all kinds of interviews worldwide. So I'm just, I'm very excited to have Antonio with us as he oh, debuted. This is so special. That's extremely special. Let's this is- first talk, This is, you're amazing. And we're going to talk all about you, but I just first need to know about how was Laia oh. as your <laughs> intern boss? So Laia was amazing. I interned my freshman year in college at Radio One. It was one of the best summers of my life. You know, she's a very dear friend, but she's a great mentor and I just love her. And I'm so happy to be here with y'all today. Tell us about your new book. It's so exciting and such a like interesting topic. So You Next is a love letter to the barbershop community because I feel like they've given me so much. I wanted to find a way to give back to them. So the book came to me when I was traveling in Cuba and I was seeing all these like small corner barbershops where people were just hanging out and it reminded me of all of the shops back home in Philly, all the shops that I would see wherever I lived at the time. I really wanted to just find a way to create a project that explored that. And one of the original ideas was to make a book that had original photography that I did and tie it back to pieces of black literature where barbershops appeared. It was a great idea, but I felt like I could explore that a little bit further by adding in new voices. And that's kind of how we got you next today. It is a photographic exploration of the ways that barbershops serve their communities through identity and wellness through 10 different cities across the United States. 
Wow. You made that sound like such a, a short journey. Can you also explain to people <laughs> how you got to this photographic place? Because before that, I was aware, like, you were working in New York. What was the transition? Yeah, so right out of college, I went to work in reality TV. And that was just a blast. Like, you know, my first job was with all these celebrities on uh, Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was the talent handler for all of the contestants at the time. So I was doing that for a few seasons. Project Runway, I produced a show called Ink Master. Working in TV was a lot of fun. It gave me a lot of opportunity to make some quick and good cash, but the <laughs> schedule was just crazy. Um, and I wanted to kind of slow things down a little bit, but also at the same time, I wanted to find myself in more of a creative process. And I transitioned into the corporate marketing space where I was a talent and influencer relations manager at Time Inc. And that's a very fancy way for saying that I connected celebrities, social media influencers, and everyday heroes with big brands. So yeah, that was that was what I was doing for a very long time. And like I said, I wanted to find a way to be in the middle of the creative process, but that still wasn't enough. What wasn't enough at that point? I mean, you that sounds like a dream job for millions of people. You know, it was a dream job and I loved it a lot. I think the thing for me was I wanted to control the creative. Yeah. <laughs> the narrative too. I wanted to control the narrative. I would find myself pitching all of these great celebrities or great people who had these amazing stories and oftentimes looked like me, but it did not translate to the final stage of what the product was. I wanted to be in control of that. So I kept thinking about my ideas and I, at the time, was like really falling in love with photography and my skills were getting better and better. And I was like, I'm just going to take this jump and go for it. And that's what I did. So I had the idea and then in... On the top of 2018, I launched a Kickstarter. That just opened the doors wide open for me to How much did make you raise? Project. I had a goal of $10,000. I raised $11,699 to be exact. Nice. People really believed in my idea. People really believed in me. And that is what I feel like was so special. You know, the barbershop is a community that supported me. The Kickstarter was a community that supported me. And now it all came together through you next. Your photos are amazing. Thank you. And you taught yourself. You know, everyone thinks they're a photographer now with, of you course. know, with their phone. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> thinks they're a video star. It's amazing what these phones have done, but your photos are really breathtaking. I, so how feel, did you get yourself there? I feel like for me, I always loved photography. As a kid, I had like a little Fisher Price camera that I would carry around to like family of functions and events. But it wasn't until I went to a thrift store and I came across this Canon film camera. And I just, I, I, I saw it and immediately was like, I don't care how much it costs, I'm gonna buy it and I'm going to master this thing. And I literally went out every single day, whether it was after work or on the weekends, to find ways to push myself to learn this camera. And one of the hard things is that I was learning on film. So my first few rolls of film were completely black. There was nothing coming out of them. I was losing all of these like moments. And that was, I think, the push for me to really excel and get this thing down. It wasn't until I went to Cuba that I had an opportunity, honestly, to really show what I could do with photography that made me feel like, oh, I got this. And it, and it was, you know, it was, it was like me just taking photos of people on the street, seeing how people interacted with each other, seeing the guys play chess right outside of their homes or, you know, seeing a woman dance. That was, that was the ways that I, 
I got better. You must have realized that Philly is this mecca of nuance and newness when it comes to haircuts and barbershops. Like, Absolutely. It was, like, it was important for me to start the project off in Philly. And one of the special things about the barbershops in Philly is that many of the barbers are Muslim. And I say this all the time. Philly is a culturally Islamic city. So the way that the beard is shaped, the way that the detail and the care that goes into your hair, I feel like it's very closely aligned to the rituals and the practices of Islam. And I was really happy to show that as much as I could. So when you look at Philadelphia barbershops, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we know how special they are for the community. We know that um, men, you know, gather and it's a time to sometimes debate. It's a time to just have um, discussions. It's also a time, you know, you pass the time for um, younger gentlemen. It's a nice way to get mentors. How does the Philadelphia barbershop differ from when you're going to these different countries? What makes Philadelphia unique? That's a really good question. I think the thing that makes Philadelphia unique is it always feels like home. All of the barbershops that I went into, they were incredibly welcoming. Everybody was so excited to know what I was doing and to be a part of it. And I feel like that was something that I did not always get in other cities. And I think maybe it's just because I'm from Philly. We shared that same connection. But every single shop that I went into in Philly was like, come in, yes take photos. This is such and such. This is such and such. And it affirmed me in a way that I feel like had I not started the project in Philly, I don't think that I would have maintained the same confidence. And how do you make sure it's not intrusive? Because I think about the hair salon. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, excuse you, who's this? Why I got a camera? You need to get my after, not my before. Thank you. Thank you. We'll pretend I'll sit under the dryer. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you make sure that it didn't feel as though you were just bombarding that space and that yeah. special, you know, sanctuary? Yeah. One of the things that I felt like was a tip that I picked up throughout traveling was I will always find the loudest barber in the shop to get him on my side. And if that happened, then I can get everybody else on my team. So when you tell people about Philadelphia, how do you describe it? Mm. Philly is my forever home. It's the place that made me. It's the place that all of my earliest references come from. That if it was not for Philadelphia, there would be no Antonio Johnson. I'm just blessed to be from a place like Philly because, you know, throughout this whole entire process of the book coming out, the love has been ridiculous. Because Philly is so proud of you. That's the word. That's the sentence. Philly is proud of you. I'm, and, and I'm proud to be from Philly and to, and to rep it as much as I can. Tell us the name of the book and the best place to find it. The name of the book is You Next Reflections in Black Barbershops. It is available wherever books are sold. There's a huge area in the Rittenhouse Square, Barnes & Noble, where you can check it out if you want to buy it physically or you can order it online. It's also available on bookshop.org. I support small local bookstores, as well as on my website, antonio-johnson.com. In Philly, when it's time to enjoy, when it's time to celebrate the good times with good company, you gotta break out the good stuff. Have to. So come football season or the best part of your favorite movie, it's time to break out the hers. Crisp and tasty, sour cream and onion, salt and vinegar, Every bag is an invitation to a good time somewhere. No RSVP needed. So live it up and crunch it down. For the downright fun times and nothing short of the best times, break out the hers. 
Chef Marcy Turney and Valerie Safran have literally transformed the area of Midtown Village thanks to their company, Safran Turney Hospitality. It started with Open House, their housewares boutique, and now they have a total of nine businesses in the area, from the best Mexican food to the tastiest chocolate and a grocery store. You want to know how and why they did it? Yeah, we do too. You guys have gotten yeah. so creative during the pandemic. I mean, I feel like you're the hardest working women in Philadelphia to begin with. You have so many restaurants on 13th Street and shops. And, you know, you have a, a brand new gigantic butt in Maryland's in the airport. You're building in the Space Saucer in yeah. Love Park. You have so much going on. And the way you pivoted, which is, the you know, probably the word of the pandemic, has really been impressive. Thank you. Where did that gumption totally. come from for you guys? Survival. <laughs> I mean, I think that's how we're kind of built to begin with. We've never been stuck in like, it just has to be the same way forever. So I think from day one, that's just yeah. how we do it. I mean, day it. one it was, how do we do takeout? And so we went from restaurant to restaurant and just switched the way we thought. What do people want at home? What are people craving? They're craving home-cooked food. And we made mistakes yeah. and we had a lot of success. That's part of the thing, right? Like we're all learning as we go along. Exactly. For sure. And right now we're rethinking what will our next pop-up be? What are people craving? You know, we're going into fall. What's the next thing? Everyone's so excited for this weather. Food-wise, you know, pumpkins and apples and Brussels sprouts. I'm super excited. Ooh, what's going to be the fall Brussels mm -hmm. sprout? Ooh. <laughs> you guys are a whole family and couple in business together in the time of Rona. Mm. <laughs> what are you doing for yourselves as a couple to keep your sanity? Listen, the last few months, there are like ups and downs where we're in tears. It's not us. It's just like, it's too much. You go from work straight to moms. And our daughter just started school and we just said to the person who helps us, maybe, you know, one night a week, you can stay later so we can just go out to dinner. We haven't done that yet, but it's time. Not to your own restaurant, that still work. No, we okay. never want to look at those. <laughs> so I want to take you guys back to like January, because I was thinking about, we used your chocolates at the James Beard house when we had Philadelphia chefs cooking. Mm -hmm. And so to think of like where we were then, to the pandemic hitting, to where now we are on the upswing, talk about what that's been like running a business in Philadelphia. You guys have really just innovated the whole way. In March, when we had to close the restaurants and lay people off, at that point, I thought it was only a two-week, at the most, thing that was happening. No one knew what was happening, right? And then it was a month and a month and a half and two months. And now you're just like, is this ever going to end? It's just been crazy. It is. It's something different every day. Now you can dine outside to... The city allowed people to dine in parking spaces, which has been huge for restaurants, mm -hmm. to now 25%. You know, it's all these little things. Some of them, it was like, you know, there was no warning. So we're just scrambling together. How do we get some kind of structure outside to encase the parking space? Do you feel like this is like a real culture shift? The change in how we eat, the change in how we commune together. Right now, our diners, it's a lot of young people. It's all kinds of people, but it definitely has a younger feel to it than previously. Mm -hmm. You don't have the people who are, you know, on the way to the Kimmel Center for a show. But I do believe, you know, if you come to Midtown Village on the weekend with outdoor dining and it's beautiful weather, 
it's happening. There are people everywhere. They want to be out. They want to get out of their house and dine. Do you feel like the energy's picking up? Just this weekend, I felt like it felt more alive in the city. Yes, I feel like it's picking up. It's difficult because you have the weekends and then you have the, the weekdays. weekdays. And yeah. the weekdays, I know what this neighborhood used to feel like, and it is not to where it's at. Our one business grocery yeah. relied on business traffic. There's no office traffic. I walk up to 20th and Arch in the morning to drop off Harlow. I walk past the Comcast Center. There's no people. The weekends feel good. The weekdays feel very quiet. And this is the business traffic, the convention traffic is just not here. I think one of the smartest things that you guys have done, your emails. I mean, yes. it, it just like literally makes my mouth water. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to order this tonight. And, <laughs> and you don't have, have so many properties. It's like, oh, this is great. The emails work. They're a lot of work. <laughs> she comes up with awesome ideas, crazy ideas also. She'll be like, let's do lobster week. It's literally like, we know we're busy on the weekend. So how do I get busier Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? So that's why I usually see it come out on a Monday. <laughs> okay, so spell it out for everybody. Safranturney.com, S-A-F-R-A-N-T-U-R-N-E-Y.com is our main hub for our restaurant and retail group. What do you guys have coming up? Well, I mean, we're... Wheels turning. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot coming up in the sense that we know we're going into colder weather, so we've ordered tons of heaters for the street. We opened indoor dining on a very small scale just to get everybody used to how this is going to work. We'll add seating once we kind of just are comfortable with that step. We also have to-go in all the restaurants, and the to-go is a big part of our sale. So we also have to account for space within the restaurants for that still. Some nights it's 50% of our business. So there's a ton of people who are ordering in who are not ready to eat in restaurants yet. You guys are doing it right. It's packed well. It's good food. Yeah. It's like home cooked. I had the watermelon gazpacho this week, which was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Rachel's okay. so jealous. When we were doing all this to go, we had to kind of figure out like Little Nona's has always been such a restaurant to get to go food. It is so delicious. It travels well. We would get food from our restaurants early on and I'd be like, you know what? This isn't traveling well. We got to take this off. And that's a huge part of this as well. Are you guys thinking about your menus or to go orders when it relates to Thanksgiving and things like that for the fall? When we first started to go, we were doing dinners for two where you would get an entree, a salad, a vegetable, a dessert, and that was super popular. Some tickets would come in, it would be eight of these for two, so a family of eight is eating that way. So definitely coming towards Thanksgiving, I know Val's going to be like, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> How are you going to do the turkey and the stuffing? And we'll do something to go for people. Are you ladies both Philly girls? And if not, why, why Philly? We moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania when I was in middle school. So Philly was just the fastest way out of the burbs for me. <laughs> Congratulations uh, on getting out. <laughs> I grew up in the Poconos. I was born in Wisconsin, but I grew up in the Poconos. And I came here. My dad brought me down for a recruiting trip for Temple Field Hockey. And I thought he was going to die. And I, my eyes just 
perked up and I was like, this is where I want to be. From the woods of the Poconos, I was like, this is it. I want all of it. <laughs> but, so we both lived here for 20 years, but not originally, originally from here. Yeah. But I mean, it's amazing when I think about how you guys are responsible for transforming that neighborhood and work so diligently. Mm -hmm. And now to like the empire you've built, it is the dining spot in Philadelphia. 13th Street is the first place you send anybody. What do you see as like the future of dining in Philadelphia? Because you guys have clearly been visionaries. So what, yeah. what is your vision for the future? So we've been on this block since 2002. And we've seen it go from what it was back then to what it is today. And I actually feel like we're in a reset moment because we actually have a decent amount of empty storefronts. And it feels like we're at this moment of, all right, we're going to start and we're going to do this again. <laughs> There'll be a little bit of a rebirth. There's probably, you know, two or three, four empty storefronts. So I think the core of people who are here, we're not going anywhere, are here. And I think it's just going to be reinvigorated. And we just have to do the same thing we did back then, was put in the work day by day, just figure it out. I don't think it's going to be easy. I really think we have a hard road ahead of us, especially in 2021. But it's Philly, it's Center City. The corporate will come back. The conventions will come back. It's all going to come. We just need to hold steady for right now. So hopefully we look back in five years and are like, you know what? That was tough. But we did it 20 years ago and we will do it again now. And I believe, I know this city will come back to what it was. It's just going to take time. If we can get through this, there are a lot of restaurants that will not be coming back. No. And I don't think people realize that. And businesses in general. And if we can just stay afloat, we say every day, like, every day we're hustling. <laughs> and it's true. I'm ready to do some fall activities. Are you guys? Most definitely. I'm looking forward that the weather's changing. It's not too hot. It's like perfect. Have that cute little jacket. Going with a little tour. I'm just thinking Brussels sprouts. Pick... <laughs> She's still pick on the Brussels apples. sprouts. They're going to put those apples on the Brussels sprouts, Rachel. Like, that's what they do in the fall. They put fall things on Brussels. Okay. Sorry, too much. You're going to um, turn into a Brussels sprout. Listen, for all these great ideas, Check out visitphilly.com. And if you need actual itineraries, at Visit Philly on Instagram has so many great ideas on our grid. Yes, can I also add that yes. Unext is an awesome early holiday gift. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Order a couple idea. and then, you know when you like need gifts and you're yeah. like, that's a perfect like couple order for it. At least for the fellas in your, I've already bought two for the fellas in my life. Even for like the virtual schooling and lessons, B is for barbershop. So go ahead and get that book and let that be your kids B um, show and tell for school if you need wow. to. <laughs> if you like us, tell your friends about us. And of course, rate and review us as Rachel always says. Say something nice or don't say it at all. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.